Married with Channels podcast. A podcast of a married couple talking TV shows and movies sometimes. I'm Moose. I'm Jody. And this is recorded the day after our 14th anniversary. Oh, yay. Happy anniversary. Happy. happy. For the record, I was talking to you. Yeah, not, you. Not to the general people who might also be celebrating an anniversary. If you are, happy anniversary to you. Sure. Wouldn't that be cool if somebody else celebrates the same wedding anniversary date as us? I'm sure there are people out there. 11-3. That's right. That's what's up. <laughs> here's Except, here's uh-huh. to many more years of television watching with yeah, you. Exactly. And sometimes movies. The uh, whole thing is brought to you by Honey. Go to joinhoney.com slash married. Get the free plugin for your browser and save money on your purchases. I'll explain what I saved on here in a little bit. But we're going to spend the whole episode, probably not as long as usual, talking about Goliath, the uh, Billy Bob Thornton show that's on Amazon Prime. Uh, This is its fourth and final season. We touched on the season opener a couple of our episodes ago. This time we've got episodes two through most of five to discuss. So go ahead and discuss it. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Where do we even start? Sit back here and eat um, my sandwich. I, I'll say this season is a little bit weirder for me. It is, right? There's yeah. a lot of uh, abstract yeah. f- dreams. Flashbacks isn't the right word because he's not going back. Like there's this recurring scenario where he's at an old Western train depot. Yeah. And he's got a sheriff badge on and... The Bruce Stern character shows up on horseback with some fellers. Yeah. Does like the finger guns and it actually and some, makes him bleed. And sometimes there's flashbacks like from his childhood, like yeah. his abusive dad and stuff like that. His abusive. Sometimes like his daughter's there driving his car. <laughs> it's just kind of very strange. Yeah. Robert Patrick plays his dad. Okay. The, yeah. Uh, who played the T-1000 yeah. in Terminator 2. Also the brother of Richard Patrick from Filter, the band. Oh, interesting. I did not know they were related. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's it's definitely kind of out there at times. All that's missing really is a scenario where some character has like a snake head or big butterfly wings and they <laughs> shoot some beams out of their eyes. But Some sci-fi stuff. You know, you, you, you like to think all that stuff is in purpose of the script and the narrative. So sure. I'm going with it. I'm sure. still trying to figure it out. But I think... Starting with episode two, we start to see more of the plot unfold. A little bit. Where essentially this pharmaceutical company, this uh, drug sales company, what do you call it, drugstore? Pharmacy? Pharmacy chain. And this distributor are all kind of in cahoots, Mm -hmm. you know, making dollar off of this addictive, essentially opioid. Yeah. Um. And he is tasked by this law firm, which is tasked, tasked by the AG of California to, to uh, sue them and get a couple billion out of them. Yep. But, uh, you know, the threads are being pulled apart and you're starting to see that, well, the law firm headed by Jenna Malone is not, you know, altruistic. Yeah. You know, they are, there's some ulterior motives there. They're trying to, you know. They're trying to take a bath on this case so that they can get future work from the drug companies and at all. Also, they're in financial trouble. She comes yeah. out. You know, he he get kind of fishes for that and guesses. And right. um, she confirms that, you know, they're avoiding bankruptcy. And yeah, when her 
father passed, a lot of their clients left. Yeah. And it's a very interesting, it's, uh, it's very tediously unfolding and I like where it's going. Sure. Um, I'm always, the good thing about this show is it's in the name. It's called Goliath for a reason. It's essentially David versus Goliath, you know? Sure. Um, and that is still the case here. I think last season they kind of misstepped with the whole water reservoir and the casino and the guy with the, what, orange plants, orange tree yeah. vineyard. That was a little kind of, mm. but this one, I like where it's going and it's relevant. Sure. It's kind of uh, paralleling a lot of what we're seeing with uh, Purdue Pharmaceuticals. You know, we still got to check out Dope Sick, which yeah. looks interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to see that as well. Yeah. Anytime you see an underdog take on a big, bad giant and hopefully win. Yeah. <laughs> and justice is served, you know, to some bad people. It's it's a. It's good for me. I'm I'm all in. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm all about bringing down the man. <laughs> and, Not in that uh, way. But Billy McBride, Thornton's character, I forget how he discovers, but he finds out that uh, this law firm ain't doing the right thing necessarily. Sure. Oh, it's because the former lawyer, who's AWOL, yeah. probably now dead, yeah. gave him information that he was, uh, Billy was... Uh, hired by this drug company 25 years ago. Yes. And because of that, he's not allowed to reveal certain information in this case. Yeah. Which brings up a whole new legal tactic, which I'm not surprised by, which now I'm like, okay, is every corporation doing that? And I'll play the audio clip. It's interesting. Like this got very complex very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> this story, all the little threads. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, this is Billy Bob, Billy McBride. We'll use his character's name. Uh, he in the in the in the hearing uh, just starts spouting off about how you know my law firm sucks. We're not going to take this settlement because they were there to confirm a settlement. I want to say eight hundred million, six hundred million, six hundred million. Yeah. So he's like going to flush it all away because you know this is bullshit. He gets thrown into the clink for the night for contempt of court. And now he stands in front of a disbarment judge, and here's a little bit of that audio. Our ethics rules are meant to shield and protect our clients, but they've become weapons for the rich and powerful. Get to the point, Mr. McBride. Okay. My point is that one of the defendants in the case that I was dismissed from is Zach's Pharma. They're being sued for their role in the opioid epidemic. More specifically, their liability in the manufacture, marketing, and sale of a drug called Tremadone, which caused a public health crisis. And what I've discovered is 25 years ago, they hired me to review test results of a drug that they were hoping would be a non-addictive form of Tremadone, which means 25 years ago, they knew that Tremadone was highly addictive. Otherwise, they wouldn't develop another one, another version, a non-addictive one. They withheld this information every step of this case. They lied. Either defend your misconduct, Mr. McBride, or I'm cutting you off. That's fraud on the tribunal, pure and simple. Oh, that's it, Mr. McBride. Yeah, so he eventually gets disbarred. But he did that, took it to disbarment because Patty couldn't be there to hear what he had to say. But he had to put it on the record. So clever move to get himself. He's gotten himself disbarred, but it's on the record. Sure. So now it's admissible. 
And I, it's interesting. Like this is a tactic. I'm not surprised, but it's so clever. What he's saying is corporations hire a bunch of the local law firms just for nilly willy little cases or whatever. Yeah. So that if they do get a yeah. big whopper of a, we'll say, lawsuit against them. Sure. They can't be called because it'd be yeah. but a conflict of interest. Yep. That's crazy. It is kind of crazy. Clever. You, you crazy. wonder, you, you do wonder if that is Has happening, to. you know. Has to happen. And if anyone's a lawyer out there, please answer these questions for us. Yeah. Um, That was kind of a, a little plot point, though, that was a sticky one for me. Like, would contempt of court lead right away to a, a disbarment hearing, you know? I think he knew that he had to take it there. But is that realistic, though? Is it, If a judge finds you in contempt of court and you go sit your little time out in the penalty box there, does that lead to your license in question no, automatically? I think, I think in this case, he pushed it so that it would lead to a disbarment hearing. Oh. Like he wanted to do that. He couldn't do it there because Patty was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, but he needed it on record. Mm-hmm. And I think even in that hearing, when they're about to settle the $600 million, didn't he ask for Patty to leave? Didn't he want her to leave the courtroom? I thought that happened. Oh, no. I have but, to go back and rewatch that. But he was forced to essentially get himself in contempt. Sure. And subject to a disbarment hearing because he needed that information on record. Yeah. And so. I think he needed the attorney general to hear it, too, because he invited her to come. Yeah, and she yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that, um, Brittany came back. I like Brittany's character. I think. Brittany's back. She's in town to help out. She's on the on her way back from San Fran. And he called in a favor from uh, his old nemesis, uh, William Hurt's character. I can't remember his name, but he was essentially the antagonist from season one now William Hart's character is dying of cancer and he's kind of like you know you know I got nothing to lose and I want to see this big pharma oh big pharma this pharmaceutical company fucked him over yeah as far as like medication or maybe somebody he loved got hooked on their pill and he wants to see them burn I think it was him himself he said it's taken like many years of my life as well you know something like that so there, that justifies him helping out Billy with getting him the documents from when he was a, uh, uh, an attorney for the Zacks Pharmaceutical yeah. years ago. Donald Cooperman, he's Cooperman. from his previous law firm, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you remember in previous seasons. Yeah, that's what I said. He was yeah. the antagonist in season one, Yeah, but uh, now he's dying and wants to see this pharmaceutical company burn. So yeah, Billy, I'll help you out. Interesting. Yeah. So... Uh, Interesting legal stuff. Yeah. He's got some drama. Uh, we haven't seen his daughter yet, except for the flashback slash hallucinations, we'll call them. There's some mystery and intrigue here, too, because there is someone that lives in Billy's neighborhood that is watching everyone. And I'm kind of surprised that Billy hasn't, like... Caught on to him? Like, not caught on to him, but realized, like, why is this guy watching everybody? Who is he in this mix of players, you know? Well, we know, we know who he is. Yeah. Um, he's the brother of JK Simmons character. Who's the head of the pharmaceutical company. Right. And I think Billy, once he was at the bar and the bartender said, I think his name is Frank Bruce Stern's character. Yeah. 
he owns like the whole block. Yeah. You know, so right there, Billy probably knows, okay, this isn't just some low life who sits in the recliner perving out on people across the street in other apartments. Sure. This is a guy who's probably got some say or pull around town. So, you know, I'm, I imagine his radar's up on that guy now, I would think. I don't know. As the audience, you're kind of led to believe that it's not. And so that was kind of a, a character miss for me. Like, no, Billy is very... Um, sorry kids, kids upstairs kids upstairs yeah uh, he's very uh, hard to get to know he doesn't let people in right away and he's always pretty overly cautious of people around him until he gets to know them and their story but maybe he since finding out that frank yeah uh is somebody of importance yeah did his diligence found out who he is sure because his last name is the same as the pharmaceutical company sure so Maybe he's like not revealing that just yet. Not sure. Not saying, hey, I'm on to you because if he brings him in closer, he might be able to garner some information. Sure. While still protecting his, I would think. Well, and he's gutsy enough to play it like that. Yeah. Billy is as yeah. his character, you know. And he's a smart guy. He's a, you know, bio they've established so far in three and a half seasons that Billy McBride is a brilliant uh, lawyer. Yeah. Um, who may not do things the most uh, uh, typical way, but sure. um, he finds a way. Yep. I mean, I hope he finds a way here. So I, I'm i still invested. I will still watch this one. Yeah. No, the first episode, even two, it, it was getting a little out there. Yeah. But now that the plot's starting to open up, we see what's going on. I'm willing to sit through the little old Western flashback hallucinations <laughs> or whatever the hell they're called. His weird dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love how this is set in San Francisco because I don't think nearly as much as many shows take place in San Fran like they should. Uh -huh. And I think probably it's gotten too costly to film there, if I had to guess. Hmm. I mean, I know San Fran real estate is just crazy expensive. Sure. Second only to New York City. But yeah, I, I'm in there. I'm on board. I still like Goliath. Yeah. We'll go for a ride. All right. I think Billy Bob Thornton's, uh, he may not be very, he's definitely not a character actor, hmm. but he's very, you're very drawn to him. You know, like he doesn't go outside the Billy Bob Thornton personality much in his roles. I think that's why it's believable because he really only takes roles that are probably exactly like he is. Yeah. Like exactly how you would imagine him to be. Now yeah. I could be way off. <laughs> Maybe when... The camera's cut. He's an entirely different person. But what's, what's interesting is his very first, at least big role, was uh, uh, you know Matt and Brad Taters Sling Blade. Oh. It was Sling Blade where yeah. he played like a mentally touched, maybe homicidal character. Sure, and that was very much the epitome of character acting. You know, accent, body language, um motivations but since then it seems like he's been playing just billy bob thornton and what i'm saying is that's okay yeah i think we like just billy bob being billy bob thornton sure because you're drawn to him yeah like he's got that it slash presence thing on screen him and his wig he's definitely wearing a wig that is definitely a wig Not i judging. yeah i can't say right? i don't i don't know uh, anything else on goliath um no I like it. Go check it out. Nah, chief.
<laughs> and check out the joinhoney.com slash married website. Get that free uh, plug-in for your browser and save money on purchases like I did for a dust cyclonic separator. Oh, my God. Yeah. What is that? So they have these big thousand... $2,000 devices for wood shops. Okay. That suck up the dust, you Excellent. know, or you can just attach something to your wet dry vac. Cool. And it has like a spiral cyclonic separator. Okay. So, so it doesn't clog up your wet dry vacs filter and, you know, hurt the power of the vacuum. Gotcha. It just right. separates it and dumps it into its own separate bucket. So got that honey plug in, save money there, save like 20%. Sweet. So that's a good deal. There's so many other deals, like 30,000 stores participate with the Honey plugin that, it, you know, there's billions of people saving millions of dollars, millions of people saving billions of dollars, I think. Is that how that goes? Save a lot of money. I mean, lots. Yeah. One way or the other, save a lot of money with the Honey plugin, and it helps us out. Go to joinhoney.com slash married and get that free plugin for your browser. PC, Mac, Chrome, Internet Explorer. Safari, it doesn't matter. Works on all of it. That's it for the Married with Channels podcast. My name's Amoose. And I'm Jody. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at MarriedWChans. Give us a, uh, a good rating on your podcast provider. That's always appreciated. Share. Tell your friends. Absolutely. Until next week, thank you for listening. And bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye. bye, 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 bye. bye.